this episode here, I call an interview medley. It's just clips of different interviews I have with different people. I love interviewing people about different things, finding out different ways of life. And just in case you missed the interviews, um, here's some clips and highlights from them. My guest interview for this segment is Ned, and his name is The DNA. He's a DNA project where he was adopted. He's black. He was adopted by a white family, and he talks about his experiences being black, living in a white family, and wanting to find the project he's working on, which is called The DNA Project, where he is interested in finding his roots from Nigeria. And eight, this is the DNA. It's the real deal. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Hey, Larry. So we're just going to talk freestyle, man. I used to talk about addiction or adoption or politics or the N-word. It don't even fucking matter. Um, but so today, once again, usually at the end of the episode, I tell you I have no fucking clue what the next one's going to be about. Right now, it's the beginning, and I have no fucking clue. Yeah, <laughs> what is what's going to be about? Freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs> so freestyle, because we talk about adoption. So here's, here's, here's the thing. Middle class black people, um, and I found out black people were ordinary people just like anybody else. I remember you said you, they brush your teeth and everything else. <laughs> yeah, when I, they brush their teeth. They, they ate cereal. They eat cereal <laughs> after school. They watch cartoons. They cut the grass on Saturday. And uh, they're ordinary people, just like anybody else. But oh, speaking of that, you know what? I, I had a, I had a white friend ask me, "Why do black people always uh, sweep their carpet instead of vacuum?" You ever notice that at all? Or not? I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah, just little shit. It's funny as hell. But um, yeah. I ain't know why I said that one. But uh, <laughs> I got to sweep the carpet. Larry Ife, hit him up. Um, start a conversation. Um, if you're interested in being part of a group of transracially adopted individuals who just have questions about life, who am I, where do I fit in, or maybe you've answered those questions and ha- can help people who have questions, who am I, where do I fit in, um, because that that's the root of our dilemma is identity. Too white for black people, too black for white people, and that puts you on the fence, always on the fence. Getting serious. So she basically said, if we're going to get married, I'll introduce you to my parents, and, you know, we'll we'll battle this thing together. But if we're not going to get married, I'm going to keep you hidden away as a secret. So I wasn't I was young and I wasn't quite ready to commit like that. So we played this game where her mom and dad would call and she'd put me on the phone and her parents were they, you know, they 100 percent believed that I was a white guy. And so I talked to his I built a relationship with her mother and her sister. Um, but then when they would come up to visit her at school, then. She always had excuses. Oh, Ned has to work. Ned, he's busy. He's got class. He can't come meet. So she kept me a secret. The full interview with Ned, the DNA, Andre, is episode eight. This next episode is my friend, Zach McLeod. He was at the rehab with me, and his nickname is Easy. So we did an interview after we had both gotten out of um, the spot. And this is just like a little update we both, well, I gave him a chance to update as to what he's been going on, what's been going on in his life since we were at the rehab. Hey, this is Larry Ice, and this is episode 60. Um, I'm interviewing my dude, Zach, uh, nicknamed Easy. 
He's the one who I did that joke with, the joke about the frayed knot. Um, I tried to do that joke. <laughs> Fuck my joke all up, too. <laughs> he's, the, he's the original he, guy. He, okay, okay. This, yeah, this, yeah, this, this is how the joke really goes. As <laughs> Rope walks into the bar and the, and the bartender says, hey, we don't serve ropes here. You got to get out of here. So the rope goes outside. Man, I need a drink. So he puts on a hat and he puts on some sunglasses and he walks back in the bar and the bartender says, hey, didn't I just tell you we don't serve ropes? You got to get out of here, man. So the rope walks out again and says, God dang, man. So he thinks for a second, he, he goes ahead and he twists his body all up, ties himself in a knot and he, you know, ruffles his end of his hair, you know, frays it all out and it's all frayed. So he walks back in the bar and orders a drink. And the bartender kind of leans in, looks at him and says, hey, ain't you a rope? <laughs> and he looks back and says, nope, I'm afraid not. See? <laughs> Bright idea, you know, we should move in together. And she had a spot, not really a spot, it was a room she was renting out, but fuck, I don't need nothing fancy. I was, I was staying in bandos and parks, so fuck <laughs> a room, that ain't too bad. Yeah, I don't got no <laughs> oh man, she loved the fuck too, and she can fuck good. And I can cuss, right? This is unsensible. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the 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 podcast is called mm -hmm. White Confused Black and Christmas, so yeah, you can cuss. Oh, yeah. you good? <laughs> fuck it. I had a um, couple little instances where, and it it is fucking a shameful man. This is the first time I've fucking said it to anybody, really. See that? And um, I think they like to fuck with it. Take the coffee away. You, know, <laughs> you motherfuckers went crazy when they think. Not the me. No, no, yeah, you know. There's yeah, some never... motherfuckers. Who are... oh, man, they're getting headaches and complaining, and or they take the why away. You can't go to the gym. <laughs> man, you remember me, man? I used to be in that motherfucker scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush. <laughs> I was so happy to find some sobriety and yeah, not be miserable. The full interview with Zach, aka Easy McLeod is episode 60. Every time I'm in Muskegon Heights, I go to the city building and there's two sisters I always talk to. They always give me good advice. We joke, we laugh, but yet we're serious. So uh, here's part of a conversation we had. This episode right here, we are talking about wisdom for these two sisters right here. Now, they said I gotta buy a female more than nails. More than nails, more than everything. More than nails, more than pedicures, and more than a, a, a manicure and a pedicure. Meal. She needs a place to live. Yeah. Now the red lobster dinner once a month. Yeah, that's a little high. That's a little on the high no, side. That's not Seafood that's can not be expensive. High. Red lobster, really? That's not even that's real. Not, yeah, that's not real. That's not even real. It's not real lobster? No, that's not real food. Not real seafood. And it's cheap. Oh, yeah, quick not. side point. If you take a girl to Red Lobster, that's not real food. Mm. Not real seafood. She thinks it is. She think it is. And she's all, my boo took me to Red Lobster. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, I take that back. Keep taking it there because she thinks it's real. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is good. This is good about... <laughs> Yep. Whatever you want to call him. Yeah, I think you call him a thought, I think. <laughs> you can call him that thought. <laughs> that's proper yeah. terminology. That's, yeah, you can call him that. Yes. But 
what good is that? Yeah. You would be surprised. Yeah, I know. They're the kind of women that like that. So is that what you want is to marry? Want no, to marry no, because I just turned 50 last week. I need somebody mature like me now. Okay. So quit hanging around them fox. That's why I just come here. It's <laughs> <laughs> the real deal here, baby. <laughs> start by volunteering. Ooh. Is that attractive? Yes, it is. Look at that man. He is out there doing his thing. He ain't even getting paid. That's sex appeal. Uh, ladies, I'm about to do some volunteer work. <laughs> I'm about to get sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that is sex appeal. That's she done got her education. What matters? I might have to pass still. I just might. Really? Yes. Because she doesn't have a butt. Because I'm going to have my own. I got to have my own. I got that. But that has nothing to do with her butt. Hmm. You can have a woman with a butt and got no education, just as ignorant and as in the street, acting crazy. And that's what you want because she got a butt? If you start with a butt, you can always take her to college and get her education. You can get all the stuff after that. You can't always get a, a natural, something about a natural butt. Just saying. They come in all shapes and sizes. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't matter. Oh, she's so loving and kind and wonderful. But doesn't matter. Quick side note I'm not interested in butts anymore. I want a woman with education. Oh, what? See, I'm, be <laughs> I'm learning today. <laughs> oh, well, I got to wrap it up. You know, we'll be here all day. I had to wrap it up. Um, these two young ladies here in Muskegon Heights. Um, that is a wrap for this episode. We got some lovely wisdom from these two lovely women. And we will maybe do another episode with them later on. But for now, that's all from Muskegon Heights. Any closing words? Have a good day. Have a great day. Okay, have a great day. That's a, <laughs> that's a wrap. Peace out. The full episode of called Two Sisters in the Heights is episode 61. My next guest's name is Antonio R. Copeland. He's also a recovery brother with me. He was in a rehab with me. Cool brother. We had a nice little interview. Now, I had been out the program already for about a week or two, and I came back and did an interview with him. So, check it out. Hey, this is Larry Eif, and this is episode 73. I got my guest, Antonio Copeland, who was one of my recovery brothers. Um, and you know how we do. We just freestyle this shit, and uh, hey, it is what it is. He don't even know what we're going to talk about yet, so you know what? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and let him do what he wants to do. He can... As Larry said, I had the privilege of meeting him here. Can I say? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait no, we can't say it here. Right. You can say, the, you can say recovery. In recovery. Yeah, in recovery. In recovery. Yeah. <laughs> See? Woo! Thank God I caught See? that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, meeting him in recovery, and it's 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 funny to think about the kind of people that you are when you come to recovery, and then the kind of people you become and continue to become as you continue on the journey. Um, I uh, am an actor, and so I've done a lot of wild shit. I mean, I'm I'm talking like there was a play I had to do where I had to snort cocaine off this dude, this naked gentleman, and then grab a girl, throw her onto a bed, and force myself on her 
like in front of like 400 people every night, <laughs> eight times a week for like six months I was on that tour. God. Yeah. And so naturally when I'm, I don't know how many times people like to flip the perspective so you can hear what he thinks, but I don't know if you get to hear how people feel about him on his podcast because he's really a dynamic person in that looking at him from the outside, you see tattoos and, yeah. you know, yeah. he's... He's um losing his hair. <laughs> oh. That will be edited if you like. <laughs> um, and he's clearly like a workout buff, so you automatically assume a certain amount of things about him, about the life that he's led, the choices he's made, his level of intelligence and his spirituality, all that. And then you speak to him, and you get a completely different fucking point of view. It's like a 180. I mean, yeah, still, he is that hood nigga who done been down the block yeah. and got some baby mamas and I all that. I still fuck you up, and I got baby mamas. Yep, still fuck you up. But and we'll, a pit bull. And tattoo. We'll also take you to church. The full Antonio R. Copeland interview is episode 73. This next interview is my Candace Owens interview. A friend of mine put me up onto her. <laughs> that, that's probably not a kind of sexual. Anyways, she is hot though, but she's married. So anyways, yeah, a friend of mine, I'm not going to say put me up on her. A friend of mine introduced me to her through some videos. And what you can hear next is clips from, basically, it's, it's, it's our interview. <laughs> My name is Larry Eif, and this is episode 109 called My Candace Owens Interview. So I've been hearing this name a lot, and I finally had to check it out for myself. And I here's what I think. First of all, I think she's pretty attractive. <laughs> she's, she's cute and all. Uh, second off, I said to myself, man, I got to interview her. So um, this is uh, basically my interview with Candace Owens on, on one specific sub- subject. And this is what the interview was about. It was about um, the guy that got killed recently, and he, everybody has him on his shirt. The guy who, who, who the police officer put his 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 knee on the guy's neck, or whatever, and he wound up dying. Um, so, in the interview, she was interviewing with this guy. They were both discussing some stuff, and she said that she didn't think that that guy that got killed. I can't think of his name right now. I don't pay a whole lot of attention, but. She said that the guy that got killed by a police officer should not receive martyr status. If, in the wake of your death, someone said, hey, you know what? Candace didn't do shit for the black... Can I cuss Candace? Okay, if I cuss at your show? Yes, Larry, because I already know you do. Because I read your book called White, Confused, Black, and Christian. And I read your autobiography. And I read the explicit version. So yes, I knew you were going to cuss, Larry. So go ahead and cuss. What if, after your death, you're considered a martyr... And then what if somebody said, you know what, Candace should not be a martyr. We should strip her of martyr status because she had abortions, she got drunk, she didn't do shit for the black community. The full interview is episode 109 for Candace Owens. This interview is with Sigri S. Morris. Her name is spelled C-I-G-G-Z-R-E-E. She is a civil rights, you consider her a civil rights 
leader and activist. She has dealt with all kinds of people from back in the 60s. And she's the first, she has many landmarks when it comes to real estate as being the first black woman on uh, admitted to a real estate board. She's gotten awards for a million dollars, you know, selling a million dollars of real estate in a year. And this was back in like the 70s and 80s where it was really difficult for a black person to do, to do that. Um, yeah, so this is that interview with Sigri Morris. Hey, this is Larry Eif, and this is episode 65, and it is called It's Time for a Change. It's called It's Time for a Change because my special guest, Sigri Morris, said that's what she wants it to be, so that's what it is. All right, see, and that's Patricia. Now, she knows firsthand because she's been working with Sigri, and that's the brief history about her. And with no further, is it adieu or adieu? No further adieu or adieu. <laughs> Here is Miss Sigri Morris herself. How you doing, Sigri? This is just, I'm just going to let you tell your story, what you think, because you, you gave the title for this episode, and it's called It's Time for a Change. So you have to say why it's time for a change. This can be up to 30 minutes. I'm not going to stop you or tap you on your knee until it's 27 minutes. At that point, I will tap you on your knee or give you a hug and a kiss. And that's when we wrap it up. Thank you. And build wealth. It's all about building wealth. It's all about being heard in a positive manner. Nobody can tell me I'm nothing. Because I am something. And I believe in fighting for my position in this United States. Change. Let's come together and build companies together. Let's do how the Jewish people do. You never see Jewish people talking about each other. And not only that, they support each other. They support. I have a Jewish friend that she died and she died. But one thing they did, they looked far out for each other. When I said I'm gonna do something, she go in her purse and get out a card. And that card was a Jewish business person. Straight from her very close associate, Patricia, you got words of advice straight from Sigri S. What's your middle name again? Safrania. Straight from Sigri Safrania Morris. <laughs> Herself. Uh, so episode 65 is a wrap, and I'm going to let, normally I tell you, I, my, my closing thing, I have a cuss word in it, but I'm not going to cuss it from my grandma right now. So I'm going to pass that over, and I'm going to let Sigrid say her, her the farewells and the closing. Any, any closing remarks you want to say? Just goodbye or farewell or positive people, whatever it is. God bless all of you. May God bless you, keep you, and keep you in your right mind to make a change. Woo. I'm not going to say anything else to that. Goodbye. <laughs> The full interview with Sigri Morris is episode 65. This next interview is with, is with Frank King, also known as the mental health comedian. I came across him because he talked openly about suicide. He, he even included his own personal story, which I love when people do that. So this episode is with Frank King, the mental health comedian. Yeah. 
sure it's recording. Okay, so my name is Larry Eif, and this is episode 118, of course, and my guest is Frank King. He is a professional. I'm going to let him introduce himself, and we will go from there. So what is the name of your podcast, Larry? It is called White, Confused, Black, and Christian. It's based on my autobiography. Um, I'm black. I'm black. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> One thing I noticed is you said you said when you were 56, you came out and talked about it on a TED Talk first, right? Yep. And you nobody knew about it. You said your wife, nobody knew about it. Nope. Excellent. Which ironically allows me to stick around because I know I can end the pain anytime I like. Huh. I've said many times it weren't for weren't for my chronic suicidality, I'd have killed myself a long time ago. That is, it's weird. Yeah, I, I got to wrap my new, like I said, when you said a chronic, I still can't say the word suicidality. Suicidality. I, I had no clue it got so complex. I thought it was simply, like you said, people just say, <clears throat> think better, think, yeah. think purpose and that's it. But it actually can be chemical things and yeah. Yeah, it runs in my family. My grandmother died by suicide, mom found her, my my great aunt died by suicide. My mom and I found her. I was four years old. I screamed for days. I believe my mom died slowly by suicide and, you know, cigarettes and alcohol. And I came off the coast myself. So it's a generational, you know, it runs into fa more nuts in my family than a bag of squirrel food. Okay. If you know somebody you think is depressed, mm -hmm. meaning go with your gut. If you think, you know, something is off, mm -hmm. ask them flat out, are you depressed? And if they say yes, then you say, are you having thoughts of suicide? Just like that. And if they say yes, do you have a plan? And if they say yes, what is your plan? And if it's very detailed, you know, if they've been putting their affairs in order, been stockpiling medication or buying a gun, um, you know, they're giving away prized possessions because they want to make sure they go to the people they go to when they're gone, or go to when they're gone. Mm -hmm. If it's detailed, you need to get them on the phone with the suicide prevention hotline. Right away. Yeah, and if they won't pick up the phone, you pick up the phone. The volunteer will do their best to talk the phone into the hand of the person okay. who's in crisis. And by the way, there's for younger people, there's a suicide prevention text line. Text the word HELP to 741-741. The whole episode with Frank King is episode 118. I reached out to Joshua Shea because, once again, he talked openly and honestly about porn addiction and issues with other addictions, such as alcohol. And I, and you know me, I love when a person can be honest and open. And you also know my process where you got to put it out there. That's how you help other people. He's a firm believer in this, and he's written three books and a bunch of other shit. So just, he's professional when it comes to this. So I'll let you get out. I'll let you check out these highlights and clips from my interview. Um, the guest today is Joshua Shea. He is the professional. Um, I reached out to him because he's honest and open about a topic that not a lot of people talk about. And so, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to be the one to start the topic. I'll let him tell you what the topic is that is on his heart. So, I'm very glad you're, you're just cracking it open and talking about it. 
Well, the joke I tell, I was also an alcohol addict um, for just as long, and I, I quit both uh, the same day, April 1st, 2014, and, and I've been to inpatient rehab for both alcohol and the pornography, and I tell people, you know, when you announce you're going to rehab for alcoholism, people come and they pat you on the back and they yeah. want to shake your hand. When you tell them that you're going to rehab for pornography, they go searching for the hand sanitizer. They don't even <laughs> want to. They don't even want to touch your hand. Right. We can equip our young people with good information. We will see the rates of addiction drop. It's never going to go away. I'm not anti-pornography. I don't want you to tell me I can't watch pornography. Just like I don't want you to tell me I can't gamble. I can't buy cigarettes. I can't do what I want. I'm. I'm not about limiting freedoms, but I'm about making allowing people to make their own good decisions. Interesting. Why don't you girls, because I, I hadn't had this conversation before, why don't you girls want to have sex with virgin men? And they said it's because whether that it has nothing to do with porn addiction, but whether uh, the if the guy is a virgin, you know whether he's 17, 18, or 22, he's been raised on watching pornography because that's what these guys are these days. And even the most vanilla pornography that you watch these days, the man is always the aggressor. The man is choking the woman. The man is calling them names. The man is in control. The woman is just submissive. The woman is always on her knees. The woman is calling her daddy or saying yes. It's, it's this dynamic that does not exist in real life. The full episode and interview with Joshua Shea is episode 120. This interview is with Brumina Morris. She is from the country of Canada, not territory or continent. <laughs> All right, she is the anti-racist. Check out some clips from my interview. Hi, my name is Larry Eif. This is episode 137 of White, Confused, Black, and Christian, the podcast. My special guest is Rumina Morris. And the topic is anti-racism and I, I reached out to her because I saw her profile and very interesting. I'll let you tell her, I'll let her tell herself about this profile because it's, it's interesting. Just go ahead. I'll let you speak, do your thing. Introduce yourself, please. Well, hello and thank you for having me on first of all, Larry. This is, uh, I think this is going to be a good conversation. Uh, working with organizations to do some equity and inclusion work, whether that's strategic planning or whether it's um, training, we'll say in quotation marks. Um, I'm also a social worker, so I provide therapy for people. Um, I My lens in terms of a therapeutic relationship is uh, I prefer to work with people who are trying to work through their understanding of internalized oppression. Yeah, so matter of fact, no, we can't go there now because we'll do capitalism. We'll talk about capitalism for so long. I've been ate all these beans and wine and shit. No. <laughs> this has been fun. Yep. <laughs> this is next for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hear that. back of the bottle. Um, I hear that. So, yeah. Thank you for doing this with me. And I, like I said, I just like to do the ad lib because it's, you do you. 
it is what it is. No, this was this was fun. I love I love I I like I said I can always talk about this stuff, but it's really it's really great to talk about it with someone that gets it, but also is learning and and open to to understanding things a little differently too. The full episode with Rumina is episode one thirty seven. This interview was with Pamela Cummins. I contacted her because she is a dream interpreter and I've been having some crazy dreams about dogs and women and just a bunch of stuff. And I wanted to deal with an expert and she is a dream interpreter expert. So here's our interview. Hello, my name is Larry Ife. And you are listening to White, Confused, Black, and Christian, the podcast. This is episode 142, and my guest is Pamela Cummins. If you look up in it, let's talk about dog. If you look up in Dream Dictionary, a dog is going to talk about man's best friend, so it's loyal. Uh, They are also unconditional love, because you can kick a dog, and the dog's going to come back to you, okay? Um, It can also mean you know, and so somebody who's ugly as a dog, correct? All right? That's very or, true. You know that song, uh, Yippee Yow, Bow Wow, talk about the dog in me? Yes. Okay? <laughs> I love who's, you know, but the dog, again, is representing love, who's going to protect you, okay? Can, can, can we do this episode every morning? Can we do this every morning? For like, <laughs> no. like, like 10 minutes after my, every, when I wake up, just a quick 10 minutes. <laughs> no, because, because my... The people who I'm a servant to, my Merlin and Rianne and my cats would be like, you're not talking to him again. <laughs> you're taking time. They'd come up in the screen, be like, mommy, I don't want to hear it. This is enough. <laughs> like we, you and I could have the same dream and it would mean different things. Why? Because we have different backgrounds. Well, you know, you're male, I'm a female. So we see things from that perspective. Okay. Um, I was raised in New Jersey. Where were you raised? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Now imagine if we were in other countries. That makes that makes a difference. We've had different backgrounds, different friends, different maybe even different religions or whatever. And then your feelings, and of course, different life experiences. The full interview with Pamela is episode one forty-two. That concludes episode 150. Once again, I just wanted to give you some some clips of some interviews I had because I love talking with different people from different walks of life because everyone's views matter. And the more we get to these points where we can talk to everybody, the more respectful we will be of each other and the more we'll, you know, respect other people's values and see that we're not better than anyone else and that we're all part part of one race, the human race. And we just have different cultural backgrounds and different things that make us, we have differences that actually make us unique as individuals. So, all right, that's a wrap for 150. Hope you enjoyed it. And as usual, 151 is next. And I have no fucking clue what it's going to be about. But when I know, I'll let you know. Oh, wait. I also want to thank all my guests one more again because I had some crazy backgrounds and I don't, know how, I don't know how to do that virtual background stuff yet. So I had some things in the background that were a little crazy. But they stuck with me. And they gave me some guidance and some tips. And we had a good time. And 
share some good information. All right, now, that's really a wrap for 150.